wish you knew more stuff. Wish you were more helpful around the house or had an understanding of something that people are talking about at a party. Don't worry, you're not alone. That's why we have enlisted Skillshare to help you out. That's right, Skillshare is a proud sponsor of the A7FL and the A7FL's three-on-one podcast. We want you to get in on the good stuff now. So go to the link right below in the description or wherever you're watching this or go to a7fl.tv slash podcast. Click the Skillshare link and you get a free 30-day trial because you are a fan of the A7FL. So do the thing. Head on over right now to a7fl.tv slash podcast or click right in the description below if you're watching us on YouTube or if you're listening to the podcast right now. Do the thing. Click the link in the info below and sign up now. Do 30 days free because of us here at the A7FL. Well, because because we love you. We want you to have cool stuff. And now back to this piece of A7FL content, more than likely showing my face. Welcome to the self-proclaimed second best podcast. <laughs> oh, Casey! Good lord, Derek, are you are you running it on a on a laptop or a phone? Oh, I'm on my phone. He's still going. We we should keep this as our intro. Matter of fact, let's just roll with it. So what Casey is trying to say in the background is welcome to the other side of the ball, the self-proclaimed second best co- podcast. But uh, we have some guests tonight that might have something to say about whether we're the second best podcast or not, whether our host can say it <laughs> properly. <laughs> so what you hear in the background is our traditional host, Casey Cox, our uh, uh, commissioner, who is trying to do his intro. And apparently the cell phone signal is so awful that it sounds like RoboCop is in the background uh, kicking his dog or something. I have no clue. But Joey, Mr. Joey Bate from the Parlay out of Florida. Welcome to the Other Side of the Ball podcast, my man. Hey, Derek. Thanks, sir. Uh, thanks for having us on. Casey, thanks for having us on as well. Um, you guys are more than welcome to take the the second bet. Uh, podcast in the A7FL. We will take the, the OG. We were well, actually... Um, Woody was actually the first uh, podcast to actually host the show, and then I joined a little bit later on. So we'll we'll take the OG title. I like it. So were you guys doing your podcast before uh, the three on one started? Yeah. So if you go back to the original date, um, Woody hosted his parlay uh, episode first. I actually think I was the first guest on there, um, and then pretty much through the whole first season, he had some guests on, and then season two, I kind of was looking at the three-on-one, what they were doing. And I was like, you know what? How, how about you, uh, you have a co-host. What do you, how do you think that would work out? He loved the idea. And that's kind of where that new season branded. And I've joined him as his co-host for the three on, or for the, uh, the parlay. Yeah. So I actually, uh, stumbled on your guys' show and here comes uh, Woody was coming and he just dropped back out. So I actually stumbled onto your guys' show on accident. I was looking for a seven FL podcast for the one back East and somehow found you guys and just started listening and i literally caught it the week of the uh nightcrawlers game where they gave it up at the end and 
I was like, oh my God, how great is this? I get to hear the Florida perspective on that damn game now. <laughs> this is this is wonderful. So uh, that's when I stumbled upon you guys. And I think you came on as a co-host, what, uh, three or four episodes later? And I had Woody, I had Woody on our show, I think for our third podcast. So things have been coming together. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's the main reason why, uh, you know, Woody started the podcast and I joined it is to really give those players a voice and we're not really directly associated with the A7FL. So we can, you know, obviously speak a little bit more freely, um, and really get the, the raw perspective of the players and what we're seeing and what they're seeing out there. Yeah. And I love that perspective that that's the reason you're doing it that way. And welcome to the show, Woody. Uh, I love that you guys are doing it that way because we have another podcast coming out of Las Vegas called Our View, which is our Vegas players and their own personal Vegas sports podcast. They talk A7FL, but they talk all sports in Vegas. So it's and not A7FL affiliated, so they can do and say all the things they want to say with the freedom. We're here. I'm somewhat limited because every time I say something negative about the league, it's literally taking money out of my pocket. So it's just not smart on my part. <laughs> but it's yeah, good to have the, it's good to have the league affiliation though because it helps us get out there and use their tools and and you know, you know allows us to have a, a little bit easier exposure and easier time putting the podcast together for ourselves but woody you what you missed and welcome to the show my man uh what you missed is casey our illustrious host is having connection issues and he sounds like he's talking through uh wires and it's completely <laughs> bouncing all over the place so he's just muted and listening in the background and we're just going to do our yeah. thing until he figures it out perfect so what it's been a, it's been a minute dude it's been a while man i know I, I had you on uh for our i think our third podcast we were just saying we had a really good time chopping it up with you and getting to see what was going on in florida and uh, Casey and I were talking about what our podcast should be leading up to the spring season. And we collectively said, why don't we reach out to all of the other podcasters that we, we have relationships with that are doing podcasts for our league and help promote their start dates, see what's going on in their area so we can cross promote one another. No, that's great. I think it's a great idea. So the, the other good side of it for us is we now have an actual Florida player who's transferred to Vegas, who's actually taken some snaps in Vegas and seen our brand of football and what it looks like. So we've got some some comparative things to discuss. So I'm sure you guys are aware, Wild Can Ball, Mark Cooper has made the trek across the nation and has landed in Vegas and is actually one of our uh, board members now. So Mark showed up with a great attitude, great yeah. work ethic. Uh, really wanting to elevate the league, saw what we were doing here, started throwing ideas at me, like, hey, we should do this, we should do this, we should do this. And I'm like, yep, you're now a chairman. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's been marked since day one. Um, from, from the moment I took over the ghost, um, that was Mark. Just, he would just hit my phone with all kinds of ideas. Hey, let's do this, let's do that, let's do this, do that. And I think that's a great pairing with you having the um, ability to get the things done that he would love to do. Like me, I couldn't, there's things he wanted to do. I wasn't the commission. I wasn't the person that, you know, pulling any kind of strings, uh, but he had tons of great ideas, things that we tried to implement with the goals to help build our brand personally. Um, Cause that's the only thing I can control. I couldn't really control anything outside of it. Um, I want to say he might've been, he might've been the guy who got me in touch. No, that was me on my own. I don't remember. 
but the guy that did our merch, I know that was something that we have that's exclusive to any other team in the Florida divisions. We actually have merchandise, you know, with, you know, our own logo, not the league branded logo, our own, our own font. And um, so it's nothing like we're taking out of the league's pocket, but it's just something that, that the players can do personally um, and something that the, you know, the fans, your family members can, can want to have your name on the back when you come to your game. So that's tight. I like it. Look, I'm sure you you guys have mentioned you've been kind of watching what we're doing around here. We're doing everything under the sun we can to help guys generate income, generate registration fees, generate uh, uniform fees, whatever it takes. Because, you know, if, if guys aren't gainfully employed and earning the kind of income that gives them extra spending cash to outlay money for us, we want to help them find that in other ways and use their name and likeness to help drive up some of the, some of that income so they can do whatever they want. So. It's been fun. We got uh, Casey wanted to talk about our events uh, coming up, but since we got you guys here live, live and ready to rock and roll, I want to talk Florida football. I want to talk the Florida division. I want to talk the playoff structure and kind of get your guys' take on all of it. And then uh, you're taking what you've seen out in Vegas from what you've seen in the stream from the fall. So uh, I'm not sure if Casey is ready to talk because he had a line of questions i know he was going to drop case you want to give it a go again yes does this sound better or am i still robotic it sounds better for the moment don't move keep okay. your arm up in the air or out to the right the entire time all right and there it goes again <laughs> all right thank you guys for Maybe just text Derek your questions. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's probably a good idea. Put them in the chat. <laughs> yeah, put the questions in the chat, Casey, and I'll ask the guys or they'll see them and we'll we'll figure it out together. All right, so while Casey figures that out, let's start with uh, the most recent thing. Number one, did you guys see our event this Friday where we hosted, uh, we did the halftime exhibition at a professional lacrosse game? I saw so Go ahead, Joey. What'd you say? Yeah, uh, yeah. So I was gonna say, um, I I saw bits and pieces of it. I forget what I was doing. Um, Friday, I was trying to tune in, and I saw a little bit of it. Uh, I got to see Trey come in and Scooter, some of the plays that he made. Um, but as a whole, I unfortunately was not able to watch the full thing. Would he? Um, would you be able to no, speak a little bit more on it? Yeah. So no yeah, one could watch the full thing so far. But go ahead. What? What you got? Yeah. No, I saw the bits and pieces that I was able to piece together and watch. I wasn't able to watch the whole thing as well, but um, I did get to see um, tons of great highlights. I thought that was just a brilliant idea. I mean, <laughs> one of those things where it's just like, duh, let's get our product in front of, a, you know, a room full of people. Cause I, I tell everybody this thing, you know, I, it's, it's a bad comparison, but I compare it to drugs. Like, once you get a hit of this, like, you know, it's like a strong drug. Once you get a hit of this A7, then it's like, wow. And you get hooked. So and that's from being, you know, seeing it in live in person and playing it so that was just a brilliant idea man. Oh, thank I you very much woody so i don't know what that's like <laughs> me neither but i just feel like every every crackhead i've ever spoke to has said the same thing so <laughs> right we 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 know drugs specifically narcotics are addictive at least that's what the every single class we sat through told us so we'll just take it for face value i there you go Drugs are bad, okay? Don't do drugs, kids. <laughs> but, you know, Derek, Derek kind of what Joe, you were saying. Joey might be um, too old, but Joey might be too young for that commercial. You remember that old commercial where they had the, this is your brain, this is your brain on drugs? 
It was like the egg I in the do. pot in the pan. Yeah, <laughs> I so remember Joey's it. too young to remember that one. Hey, Joey's probably too young to remember when people used to actually eat eggs. You said what? <laughs> people, people used to actually eat eggs. Yeah, they're too expensive now to buy. Right, a luxury item nowadays. Right. <laughs> I, I love, so, I love, I love this joke going around the league that I'm that I'm so young. But not Derek. What I was, what I was going to say from you guys' last podcast, it, it was a brilliant idea. You know, you have the best representatives of the league playing in a halftime game for you know all those investors that are going to be sitting there watching our specific brand of football being played yeah. out there that's unlike anything else it's just going to yeah. open up so many different channels um yeah. for that money to flow in for you guys and just the league in general mm-hmm. yeah, right and honestly I'll, I'll give you guys a little inside baseball here uh the we actually had a few sponsors in the building that we had been courting for a while and took some meetings with them uh the day after and they have verbally committed to funding our stadium and league so we'll see if that actually comes to fruition in a quick enough time for us to be ready for spring next year uh actually took a meeting with the gentleman today that can build uh, our size stadium with a temporary building to start us out in five months for about a third of the cost of what we anticipated our full build out of our stadium would be. So uh, I know that the guys that I'm working with were ultra legit and they're ready to rock and roll. It's just a matter of understanding the timing and understanding the finances and doing that fundraise to get us built out. So in maybe by spring of next season, instead of playing in Bullhead city, Arizona, we'll be at our own a seven FL indoor stadium in Las Vegas. Are you kidding me? Uh, I, I hope not. <laughs> oh my! God. I wow, that's right. that that's news, man. That's amazing. That is so, amazing. So it's something that we collectively have been working on as a football community all around Las Vegas. So, uh, what you guys haven't been privy to, and what you're seeing just the tip of the iceberg of, is the way we've been building this league is by building football in Las Vegas foundationally versus just building the A7FL. So when I first bought into this thing, I reached out to every stakeholder that I knew in football and said, hey, how can how can we come together? How can I help you guys? How can you help me? It was we got a lot of resistance at first because Vegas football leading up to this was, you know, the everyone working in a silo, uh, crab in a barrel type mentality, right? The, people trying to do everything themselves, keep it under wraps. And once they get a little shine, they start, pointing at the other guys they see you couldn't do that see you couldn't do that we did that and not really helping each other out where i'm like i don't know what i'm doing i need your help i've got time talent money and connections let's figure out how we can grow this thing together and people like yeah whatever go away so all right i'll figure it out on my own so i reached out to the you know coaches that i knew around town that and hired them to come on board with us and said hey let's build this together got their ideas and we just started and then kept using the my mentality of reaching out and asking other guys if i can help them let me sponsor your league i want to get involved your players are my players let's figure this out together and then slowly but surely as we started building up steam guys started understanding what we're doing that we were serious about what we were saying and now we're partnered with all but i think three leagues that i'm aware of that i'm aware of now so things are working and thank god thank god (laughs) 
yeah. Hey, hey, Derek, you, you said it's snowing over there right now, right? In Vegas? It, it has been off and on throughout the day today. That's correct. Ha- have you ever yeah. been to Florida where, where it doesn't snow and it's <laughs> blue skies all year round? <laughs> Except for those hurricanes that come through every now and then. No, no, no. We're, we're no, saving Orlando. Man. Come on down. <laughs> Look, yeah. I, I am in yeah, the great we're state. We're, we're enough inland. Right. I was saying we're, we're enough inland that we're, we're safe from the hurricanes, man. Come on down. Is that right? I didn't realize you could be enough inland in Florida to be safe from hurricanes. That's that's oh, interesting yeah. news. Yeah, we, right? yeah, we, have, we have hurricane Florida. parties over here. Nice. I like that. Yeah, so uh, I frequent Florida yeah. at, at least we, once a year. At, at least once a year before COVID. Since COVID, I've only been back once, but we're going to get our annual trip going again. But I like to get down there at least twice a year. So when I do, I'll be reaching out to you guys so we can connect and, and do our thing. I didn't wasn't able to make the uh, Flag Worlds this year because we had a game in, in Vegas and there was a tournament in Vegas, so we couldn't make the jump to go to Tampa like we like we had been doing. But so, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, that's fine. That actually brings me up to a, a good question. Um, obviously, you're the owner of the divisions over there. Had there been any talks with you specifically as far as a, a Florida, like the Vegas crossover game or any any state-to-state traveling game before the season re- uh, schedule was released? So there was tons of talk about crossover games leading up to the spring, the spring schedule release. And then most of those talks fell by the wayside because uh, the league didn't have travel money to cover everyone's travel. And as a result, it seemed to be unfair to ask a team from Florida to travel to Vegas or vice versa without having league support. So I understood why they shut it down in that regard and I, I think they got us all in a position where each division is strong enough now where we can play our own interdivision games and then travel for playoffs until we get one of those big sponsors that wants to cover travel. Like If you're listening to this podcast right now and you own an airline or you are a marketing executive for an airline and you want your airline to get a ton of uh, mentions and activity and viral videos and have your name attached to this young, upstart, wonderful, hard-hitting league, we could use some support. Allegiant. Southwest American Airlines, give us a call. We're ready for you. And sponsor and sponsor the Parlay podcast. They need some love too. Absolutely, we love love the uh, the love that you're giving us. Um, that that would be huge uh, to land land a big fish like that, so that the the league could you know expand to the point where multiple games of the season are out of state. That would really help get exposure. Um, from different markets, different different states to just come flourish in the the A seven NFL and do something that these flag uh, teams aren't doing. These oh, not so much the arena um, semi pro leagues are doing, but just on a bigger scale. Right, and we should be all that. We should do that. the The challenge that we have within our divisions, our teams right now, is we're not structured like semi pro, where you've got a team owner that put this thing together, put it on their back. They're getting profits from it. It's It it started out kind of like a rec league and that rec league ownership and mentality has maintained. And because of that, before the division owners got involved, there wasn't a lot of money involved in the league to make things like that happen, right? When you get a semi-pro owner, they're thinking about their bottom line and their pocket. So 
they're grabbing sponsors. You know, someone's got to pay for this. We got to get a sponsor to pay for that, or it's got to come out of my pocket. With Rec League, with building around a Rec League, you don't typically do that. You have guys come out of pocket. All right, you drop your 50 bucks. I drop my 50 bucks. We'll all pay ref fees. We're good to go. Semi pro requires planning, sponsorship. And then with that planning and sponsorship, when you have success, you get more sponsors and you can afford to travel and, and things of that nature. So I, I understand why we are where we are because of the way we were initially built, but we're, we're hitting a tipping point where that all, it, I would say it, it's going to change. It, I've committed to Nevada, the Nevada division that before spring of next year, we will have a sponsor strong enough to get everybody paid. So and I'm saying it, so it must happen because I'm a man of my word, right? So I put that out there. I'm going to make sure that I can deliver on that promise. And I believe I have the right partner to pull that together for me now based on what happened over this weekend. I just need to see it all the way through and make sure they understand my vision and that they can support it. So with that, we'll be able to travel, right? We'll have the sponsor dollars. We'll have the 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 people involved i'm hoping that that sponsorship here locally trans translates into sponsors in other divisions territories teams and whatnot so everybody can have the level of activity and attention that we've generated in vegas it it's expensive but it's not crazy it's less than a game check for a third tier wide receiver in the nfl Right. So <laughs> you can get that done and funded by getting the right partners involved. I mean, it's not a game check from Patrick Mahomes because that would, that's a lot of money, but it may be a game check from uh, uh, AJ Brown. I guess he's the, he's the first, he's the first stringer now though. So maybe not. Yeah, um, I, think, I think he was actually all, all pro this year, but yeah, right. no, definitely know what you're saying. Um, I guess my question to you with as fast as you guys have kind of expanded and, all the success that you guys have had with uh, building everything over there. What would you say your guys' biggest struggle was? Was there anything that really held you guys back from growing the league over there? Yeah, the the players trusting that our game is safer than padded football. Like, I can say it till I'm blue in the face. And the guys who I played with obviously believed me and trusted me because they know I wouldn't steer them wrong. But I only played with let's say less than 10% of the guys that are actually in our league right now. It's been four or five years since my playing days. And most of the guys that were in their prime when I was in my prime have obviously retired as well and gotten out of the sport. But the younger cats that were just coming in when I was playing were there, believed in me, trusted me. And now those guys came out of the league with their coaches. And that was the biggest part. So and we've got obviously enough players in Vegas to support eight teams. But last spring we had, three teams and one of them only had nine players most of the season. So that was the biggest challenge is getting players to buy into our brand, not understanding that it is a safer brand than padded football. What's your guys' biggest hurdle? Uh, I would say that, you know, um, we got the different um, semi-pro, like, free agent chats, flag league free agent chats. And, you know, we, we go out there, we try and promote the league, and the biggest thing is, oh, I'm not getting paid for this. Why should I play? Or this is CTA um, waiting to happen. Don't you guys have work on Monday? Those types of things. So we don't, I guess 
I mean, with your advantage, you know, you have that reputation being um, a Hall of Famer in the Arena League. So you have that trust behind you guys. We don't really have that over here, I guess. You know, if we had some – I know Devin Hester lives over here in Florida um, in Winter Garden. If we had his um, his word that, hey, this is safe, I could, I could see the influx of players that would – take his word this is somebody from the nfl who's played at the top level with the most contact that there is saying that our league is safe so i guess it's just getting someone to vouch for us in in each division and really having those guys take their word for it yeah it's interesting that you bring it up like that too because i actually took a meeting with uh an executive with the nfl alumni this morning and i asked him how come the nfl isn't talking about cte very much anymore he's he said because we finally figured out that it's not the NFL that causes the CTE. It's every level of football that causes CTE. Like kids are playing Pop Warner and getting concussions and, and ending up with CTE. They do it in high school. They do it in college. They do it when they get to the leagues underneath us and in the NFL. But the NFL is taking all the blame because we're the we have the biggest target on the back because we look like we have the most money, even though the NC2A has 10 times the money we do. And he said, you know, that it's it's interesting. The numbers we show shows that 20% of kids when they finish their high school career have CTE. 60% of kids when they fit. But I, I don't remember the exact number for college. It was like close to 60% of the college kids end up with CTE leaving college. And then close to 99% of the players leaving the NFL end up with a, with some form of CTE. And that 1% is kickers and punters that don't get it. And if you look at our research and studies, the CTE doesn't come from the big hits. It comes from the repetitive, the repetitive hits like linemen. Every time they fire out of the block, they're smacking their head into another guy and repeatedly every 40 seconds doing that over and over and over again for, for three hours straight, that's going to have an impact because our league doesn't have that. You know, we're, we're not helmet to helmet because we're not wearing helmets and we're definitely not banging each other in the head on purpose we have a much lower incident of CTE, even though people look at us and go, oh, that's CTE waiting to happen. Like, no, it's the other way around. So pay attention. Yeah, and I think uh, you, you want to go ahead, Woody? Yeah, I think um, I think our biggest hurdle, like I get what you're saying, Joe. I, I think for me anyway, personally, I've been recruiting. Um, biggest hurdle has just been about ingratiating ourselves into the culture here in the state of Florida. Um, here in Florida, the when you think about the world's championship, you think about even um, Team USA, where do they play? You know, this flag football ta- uh, Team USA, where do they play? Where do they originate? Where are these large tournaments at where people are coming from all over the country? They're coming to Central Florida. They're going to Tampa. They're going to, um, which isn't Central, but you know what I'm saying. They're going to Tampa <laughs> and they're coming here to Orlando. They're coming to this area, though. You know what I'm trying to say? So this yes. area, especially for us with the Orlando Ghosts and even with the Tampa uh, Nightcrawlers, what we have to do and what the Tampa Nightcrawlers were able to do was able to tap in to that, um, those athletes that are there. Like these top tier athletes that we would get are playing that sport as opposed to our sport because what happens is with them, the funds, it's um, instant, gratification, instant gratification with the funds. You go, you play a tournament, you might be gone for two days, you win, there's money. You know what I'm saying? Like you go, you play in these leagues or whatever, you win money. There's a cash prize. There's sometimes weekend tournaments. It's easy. Just you go play with your boys for a few hours for two days and you leave with some kind of money. 
Whereas with us, um, you don't see the money unless you win the national, unless you win your division or win the national championship. So I feel like for us, we've got to crack into that. Um, you got to crack into that that uh, culture because that's what it is. The culture here is semi-pro. There's a other echelon of uh, um, arena, and then there's flag, and it's like this is what you do here. This A7 thing is like, what is that? We don't even know what that is. And when we see, when they see it, like you said, they say, oh, this is CT, where that. So I feel like it's that first step, and then we get to where you guys are here in Florida. And I can't speak for you guys out in Vegas. I feel like here in Florida, that's what we need to get by and get through because we've got the first crop of crop of those crazy guys to play in this league. That's what it takes, you know, just a little bit of that, hey, I'm not afraid. I'm just a little crazy enough to try this, and even though I don't know what it is. Now, once you see and know what it is, now it's like, oh, yeah, this is great. So our, reten- our, our players come back. Once you play, you come back. It's not like you play and then you leave and say, ah, that's safe for me. You play, you get, you get hooked to it, because you see it's not that dangerous. You make a really good point. You know, we've got one of our all-stars uh, that plays in our league, uh, Daniel Packer. He's a safety and linebacker for the pit boss. Took some pit bosses, took some snaps at receiver every now and then too. He played for the Insomniacs for one game last season, uh, got tackled out of bounds and put his hands down to stop himself and ended up uh, hurting his collarbone and said, man, I'm, I'm done with a seven. And I said to him, I'm like, what is putting your hands down to stop yourself from hitting the ground have to do with our brand of football? If you did that with helmets and pads on, you probably would have been more injured because you would have had more weight. And now he's back, like at to your point, and one of our all stars in this last season, in this last fall season. So, yeah. it, guys get it. Guys who have played it understand it, and it's starting to catch on. And I think the more people who do it, the more times it's seen on TV as a regular game where they can watch the game flow and you don't, and you don't see a bunch of guys laying on the ground hurt and getting carted off all the time. Like you do in padded football, you have to, as a smart person, you have to look at yourself and go, okay, what is this me just being scared? Or is, am I really concerned about this? Cause if you t- stop and take a look, if, if you look at the metrics, look at the numbers, we're way safer per minutes played by, by a player as far as injuries are concerned. And, you know, we're going to always have fingers. We're always going to have ankles. We're always going to have knees. But the CTE and being knocked out from getting smacked in the head by from going up to catch a pass, that that doesn't happen in our league. The worst thing you have to worry about is being slammed to the ground, which happens in every league, and the helmet doesn't protect you from that either. Yeah, which, again, we have rules against that. Once you lift the player up in the air, it's supposed to be blown dead anyway. Right. So flaming is actually not even supposed to happen. Like if you get like maybe a gator roll tackle, that's different. But actually getting lifted into the getting hit, scooped and slammed, that's literally out of and I tell guys that's out of the that's out of their playbook. Once it's lifted up the plate, the whistle's supposed to be dead. You slam the guy, you're supposed to um I think it's a quarter ejection or a two quarter ejection, twice, um, you're suspended for a game, three times you're done for the season. It, same thing with any kind of hit where you don't attempt to rap. There's not supposed to be any diving at someone's knees or at somebody's torso, chest area without an attempt to wrap. The only time you can do that, you can attempt to tackle without wrapping is when it's a play on the sideline. Again, like <laughs> I tell people, like it's not, this is, we're not just out there, you know, like, cause they always compare it to, oh, this is like um, backyard ball. 
backyard ball, we was out just playing, you know? This right. is actually something structured that is, is geared and there's rules and provisions. Like a lot of people don't understand or don't think, or maybe don't uh, uh, know that a mouthpiece is part of your uniform. As important as it is for you to have a jersey that matches a uniform jersey, a mouthpiece is supposed to be part of your uniform. You don't have a mouthpiece, you're supposed to be kicked off the field and your team is penalized. Or you play, if it's defense, you're playing down a man. Like it's, these are all these things that are there in provision for you guys. I always encourage my guys, get the mouthpiece that covers your lips. You don't want to get a busted lip, something like that, catching an elbow, something that can happen in a church league basketball uh, league. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. Exactly. Protect yourself. Exactly. Well, so how are things going in Florida? How, how do the ghosts look? Go ahead, Joey. I've been talking for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, as far as the ghosts, um, you know, we're having the same struggles as the rest of the division is having. It's just getting guys to buy in, getting a commitment. Um, you know, I think our core is going to be strong, and that's really what we're looking to, you know, tune our style of playing to. So we're going to play Orlando Ghost football through and through, no matter who we're playing, if it's the Nightcrawlers or if it's the A-team. Um, but, I mean, you know, we're, lo we're looking to bring our style, play our style for the whole entire season. And we're looking to be in the championship three years in a row um, and see where, what we can do with it. And hopefully, you know, we'll be making that trip up to uh, Ohio for the final four to play one of those Ohio teams. So you, I noticed you didn't mention the orange. Are they, are they not forming? So no, the, uh, the orange are back and well, um, they, they've actually, they brought some key plate uh, key players to their team. Um, we talked a little bit about it last night. Um, you, I believe, did you guys have him on your? Sh no, I don't think you guys did. Uh, Devon Gray, um, year one MVP of the Florida division. He actually made that switch from the Tampa A team over to the Orlando or or O Town Orange, excuse me. Yes. Uh, so he'll be their quarterback, and they added some key pieces from the Nightcrawlers that kind of fell off from there. And then some of our uh players that didn't make the cut are now over there as well. It's nice. So guys that you guys maybe had uh, deeper deeper roster positions for those guys have saw fit to go get some playing time over in, uh, with the orange how I, how i kind of want to explain it um is they they want to be a bigger fish in a smaller pond i guess yeah of course the other way definitely you know, they, they they want their star um they want their you know time in front of the camera which is completely fine you know, you know more power to them um i always say the grass isn't greener on the other side so we'll see how it works out for them well, look it, i never fault a guy for wanting to go to another squad so he can actually get live reps because the only way you get better is to get reps you don't get better standing on the sidelines. So when you guys make these super teams of 35 guys, then they've got 17 skill player receivers and only four ever make the field. Those other 13 are sitting around just collecting looks on the sideline. So, and I think our league is, is kind of one of the better ones for that. Cause we allow for, you know, flexibility when it comes to changing teams a little easier, but I also see the value of having depth. So that's one of those very interesting trade-offs and a, a unique thing for our league being the the elevated version that it is versus you know some of the other teams that are our leagues that are our equal as far as the attention that they're getting i think we have the most flexibility in that regard so you guys are looking at a four team division then for this season 
as of currently, yeah, we're looking at a four-team division, um, something that we haven't had, uh, we didn't have last year. I think we had a five-team division um, with Orange dropped and we picked up two from Ohio. Um, so with the schedule that they presented us, every team plays each other twice. Um, and it's a dogfight down here in Florida. Yeah, I can't wait to see you guys run the gauntlet. And have you guys been talking to Nick pretty consistently? Know what the TV or streaming setup is going to look like? He's been kind of tight-lipped as far as the details of it, but we he's supposed to we are supposed to have a production deal. Um, we're supposed to have our games um, filmed. I'm not sure if it's going to be put on, you know, maybe YouTube Live. I don't know what um, the streaming aspect well, of it can, might be. I can tell you that but, part. I got you. But I know so, that they uh, told us at least that um, we'll be getting filmed every week. Yeah, so any every division was asked to, well, we'll say required to, but obviously sometimes things can't happen even though you require it, uh, to have at least a single camera set up, a dedicated camera person, and a live stream to stream to the league corporate that will end up at a7fl.tv. So a7fl.tv will be the clearinghouse for all streams. I don't know if they're going to make all streams visible to the fans on a7fl.tv, but we're feeding to it. So that way when Ryan DePaul is back at command, switching between games and they're doing their game of the week, they can actually get live highlights and live look-ins to our games. So even though, uh, teams aren't on the game of the week they will be dropping in and getting live looks kind of like a, a red zone type setup when they when they see teams are getting close to score or they they get feedback and we're gonna be jumping around the country throughout the day that's actually really great well, and, and the beauty of it is by doing a stream the recorded version will be there immediately because I know in Vegas and in LA, when we weren't able to stream it and we were just recording, I think the question I got from players more than any other question is, when's, when will the stream be up? When will the game be up? When will the game be up? I'm like, ah, oh, man, I'm just waiting. I, it's out of my control, bro. Like, I got to wait for my guys. Got to go upload it. What do you want me to do? Like, yeah. No, just from a recruiting aspect, I mean, I know that's a big helpful tool for us um you're you're going into year two we didn't have much film uh year three didn't have any film going into this year there's so there's nothing that we can physically show guys hey this is how you get noticed this is how you can get a shot at the xfl tryout or whatever tryout it is so having a for sure stream footage that we can present other guys with to recruit to whatever whatever team it is in florida that that's just big that's you know that's what we've been asking for and finally happy that we're getting it over here yeah or even just to build your own personal brand i think that's another aspect of it is we don't always have to try and um present guys with the oh we're a stepping stone we don't have to be a stepping stone like derek what you're trying to do out there is create us as our own as our own viable level of, of football in, a, in its own unique um format and brand so i don't see how we you know i feel like that's where ultimately we want to be that's where you guys are on your way to and we sit here with very green eyes down in Florida, looking at you guys doing it, um, knowing that that is what this can end up becoming is rather than it being a stepping stone of, hey, come here so you can get films so then you can try and go, you know, go from the Orlando Ghost to the, what is the Orlando Guardians um, or the XFL or, you know, take it and try and do X, Y, and Z. Why not? You could use it to build your own brand and be, 
you know, your own player here in the A7, have an A7 FL career and let that be a viable option of something that you want to do with your life and your, in your time. So trust yeah. me, very, very green eyes here in Florida. <laughs> well, I, go ahead, Joey. Sorry. Uh, speaking from uh, actually one of our earlier podcasts, I'm not sure if you heard it, Derek, but uh, we had Honcho on from uh, the net crawlers. Who's now on the O-Town orange. She actually, I think he was probably the first athlete in Florida to get a brand deal, a sponsorship kind of thing from the A7FL, from the film that he was able to present. So, I mean, just having that first one there, that's just showing guys what is possible uh, over here. That's awesome. And I did not know about that. So thank you for sharing. So Honcho is the guy, is the guy's name. Yes. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to hunt Honcho down and see how he did it. Cause I want to make sure that I understand the path to it. So I can present that to our guys out here. And, yeah, and you got you guys hit the nail, the nail on the head, having it be on TV for us, number one, having it uh, a streaming platform where guys can grab film and send it around, number two, is probably the the best recruiting tool that we've had. I mean, it's one, it's one thing to say, we're going to get you, you know, some exposure. We got games that are going to be on TV every now and then. It's another thing to say, every one of our games will be filmed. You'll be able to take your film and distribute it. and we're and all of your games are going to be broadcast on television so that is what we're able to give our guys right now and it's i the broadcasting that's just sheer luck on my side like literally a brand new sports network came out in las vegas i saw the announcement on facebook and reached out to them and i just happened to know a friend of a friend of a friend of the guy who runs the thing they got me a meeting showed them our film and they said this is exactly what we want we want vegas sports on our tail on our tv so we did it they're happy with us and they want us back so we're, we're going to keep doing it until they find something better which i hope there never is anything better because we're going to keep growing and getting better ourselves exactly it is it it really there's very few things that get better than the a7fl and what it's able to do and um the brand is just like like you said you see it and you're like yo what is this like it, it sticks out it's honestly nothing like it right it, it is a beautiful sport and for that's what i tell people like if you ever if you love football if you love rugby when you see this you will get it immediately and think it is one of the best looking things you've seen because it's everything that's great about american football with everything that everyone loves about rugby with set plays it's a perfect mix and I think I'll take it a step further. I feel like it's everything people love about um, American football mixed with everything that people like about rugby minus everything what people don't like about rugby. Cause um, yeah, the rugby and a seven FL, I feel like the only kind of take, like the only connection is the fact that they're, we're all not wearing pads. I don't. Right. And, and, and they don't have helmets on so you can see their faces yeah. and you actually yeah. get the emotion of the players and yeah. see the pain and the pleasure of what they're going through. Yeah, I think that's about it. After that, there is no comparison. So it's everything you love about rugby and everything you, you know, minus everything you hate about rugby. So I right. I really feel like A7FL is just, I don't know, something I've, I've spent a lot of time in my life doing. So that's why I always like, you know, uh, preach is great. It's greatness. So again, yeah. shout out to you and shout out, shout out to every player that plays this game that we love. Thank you for that. And Woody, I have put your name in the mix. When you retire, I think you should be our brand ambassador. 
that I don't think there's anybody better better suited who has done what they've done within our league and had and done more for our league in a promotions on the promotion side as a player than you. If you can name somebody else, tell me. I, I'm dying here. May, I mean, maybe I, I, I maybe will... Corey Hammond, but he hasn't been playing as long as you. I'm thinking. No, no, no. I was already playing when Corey started, but Corey, Corey's played uh, longer as far as he might have more seasons than me. Because when I moved to North Carolina, we didn't have um, a seven NFL North Carolina, so I was only playing. I was flying up on the weekends. Um, weekends I was going to go see my mother, and I would play because literally where they played in Roselle was when they had the Roselle field was two blocks. Like I could literally walk from my mom's house to the field where they were playing because that was my hometown where I grew up in is where A7 um, ended up having their home field at when we finally ended up having a home field. So um, that's how deep my connections go to this league. And um, so besides Corey, I will give Carl, um, the guy who's running BIC, Carl a nod as well. I like to, I like to give guys their flowers. I don't like always to just talk about myself. Um, but those guys as well have done a lot for this league. So I'll definitely put them, I'll put Carl ahead of me. I feel like um, me and uh, as he's been dubbed the pod father, a closer level um, just because I feel like I'm doing more on the ground, whereas he's doing it more in front of the camera and he's great at what he does. So don't even, please don't take that as any type of slight. No, not at all. But, but thank you for reminding me about Carl. I love that guy. He is such good people. And the, Great guy. I love that BIC is the champion of our league with him guiding the ship because that's a good look for us overall. That couldn't have a better representative in that in that regard. But but what well I'm saying deserved. is like that guy's been through No, go ahead. No, go ahead. So, yeah. So uh, so what I was going to say is what what I'm saying though is you're still you're, you're still playing, have a podcast, helping recruit, doing all these things to grow the league holistically where Carlos spending more time growing his team. Well, rightly so, but he yeah. does do some things with the, for the league as well. So, yeah. I mean, he's, he's all over socials. I, I, I think I get more likes from him than anybody else. And, and, <laughs> and from back East, <laughs> he's a good dude. Hey, again, it's a lot to like what you guys are doing, man. I, I, I'll bring it back to that. I know, you know, we have more to talk about, but um, please just keep doing what you guys are doing with this league, man. I, I can't say it enough. It's from somebody who's seen it at its infancy. Like, yeah, please. What you guys are doing are things that we dreamed about. I keep going back to sounding like the super old guy, you know, hanging on to his, uh, the old glory days. But the things we would talk about on those long car rides to these fields, you know, here to maybe finish the game. Maybe we might have to, you know, get kicked off and go to another field. I think that this is like the things that you guys are doing, playing at a half in the halftime of a, you know, a, you know, cross team on a just in the stadium. Regardless, let's just say that. You're in right. an arena, like between where your, your championship game was played and where you just played in front of that large crowd. Playing that game, playing our game there in those venues is literally things that we would like talk about in those car rides. So to see it happening is like huge. And um, it's a big testament to guys like you and the guys in charge running the ship because you guys are all like steering this in the right direction. And again, we're going to bring it back to Florida. We can only hope that Florida can tag along or maybe <laughs> learn from you guys and just get tugged along that way. So again, anybody with some pockets deep enough, Florida is a hotbed dying. Look, I dying got you guys. 
I, I got your guy. We just need to get through this season. And if it's still available, you, you might as well consider it done. Man, he needs to be. It, it'll be available, you guys. Don't worry about it. It'll be available. Get in touch well, with me. I've got some great ideas, but I'm not hanging up my cleats yet. So please, just know that that'll be my only caveat. Sign so, me up. I'll do whatever you guys need to do. But that number eleven still hitting the field. Nice. So we we do have deep, deep, deep football connections to Florida uh, from some guys who are very involved on the semi-pro and on the IFL level. So we we are leveraging some of those relationships and making sure that people who want to create this fantastic farm system situation that we've done out here in Vegas, once mm-hmm. they see how we've structured things, and we're still structuring, but once we get it together and see how we structured things it, with a place like Florida, places like Atlanta, places where they have NFL and IFL teams that are right nearby or NAL teams that are right nearby, you create this really nice just farm system from semi-pro to a seven to NAL to NFL. Right. And understanding that system, if the NFL is paying attention and guys from practice squads lose their practice squad eligibility and they still want to keep them around, guess what? You make sure they get a team, a spot on the backyard IFL or NAL or USFL or, or XFL team to make sure they're still hanging around and guys that are at that level, that are on the practice squads for those teams who need to still hang around guess where they play with us. Right. So we're kind of building that system out and making sure that, that everyone knows we're, we're willing to do that for them while we work on elevating ourselves to a point where we're at an XFL where we can get our guys between 40 and 80 grand a year. That's, that's the, I think the target that we all think that we can achieve. And then the pie in the sky, obviously the rocket in the sky is the NFL type money. But if we can get our guys XFL money, we think we think we can do that with our product and our type of sponsorships that we'll be able to get with how we're structured. Oh yeah. I think the sponsorship will be the big, um, it will be the big thing. I think it depends on how it's structured as far as well, maybe even endorsements for players. Cause like you said, we don't have helmets on. We it's it's the beauty of the envy that NFL players have about M- NBA players. They're in there right. and take tops and shorts. So you get the emotion. You see John Morant dunk on somebody and you see the raw emotion pour out of him. It's different. It's you don't see that until someone takes their helmet off. It's not till Stefan Diggs scores that touchdown against the Saints and until he throws off his helmet that you truly see the emotion in his eyes. It's not till Des Bryant gets to the sideline after he definitely caught it against Green Bay. And that you see the emotion. I mean, that was a catch. That was some bullshit. I'm not even a, a Cowboy fan, but that was some bullshit. He caught that. But um, that you see the wrong emotion. Again, in the NFL, the emotion is on the sideline. And you look at a guy like um, Odell Beckham, who gets shitted on, essentially, for his... I don't know if you can curse on here. But, yes. um, okay, for his, you know, for his what they call antics before those raw emotions that he shows on the sideline. Because, again, you know, the guy's not a dummy. That's where the cameras are pointed at, on the sideline, because that's when you get to see it. On the field, like you said, you have that helmet on. They have microphones, but they really don't want to catch the things that are being said on the field. <laughs> right. On those microphones. So no. The thing, the beauty about, and the, you know, bring my point back together, the beauty of A7 is you have that mix of, we don't have that helmet on our heads. 
you get to see that raw emotion and the beauty of like, I feel like right now, before we get into these big venues, before we get into like arena down there in Nevada, which I think maybe the acoustics there was good enough for it, but you get to hear the game. You get to feel the game. Like you get to feel the roar. Like I tell guys like in a seven, when we started, you watch the game from the sideline. Even if you were a spectator, we played at one, we're staying for the four o'clock game. Like we turned that Sunday into a thing. Like we're there all day. So we played at one, but we're staying for four and the eight o'clock game. And standing on that sideline, you get a feel of that. And when you're in those crowds, even when you're in the bleachers, cause it was like that for um, our first game that we had. The thing that I loved about our Lake Brantley field was the fact that even from the stands, you can feel the game. And you feel the emotion, you feel it because again, you see it. You can see this guy's face when he makes a big catch. You can see that guy's face when he gets absolutely pancaked to the ground. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You can see the wincing of the quarterback after he gets sacked and that guy just landed on. Like you can see it, you know? Right. You feel it. That raw emotion of this league is just something that definitely sets it apart. And you nailed something that I think people lose sight of is our the A7FL's biggest fans are its players. I mean, wish you knew more stuff. Wish you were more helpful around the house or had an understanding of something that people are talking about at a party. Don't worry, you're not alone. That's why we have enlisted Skillshare to help you out. That's right, Skillshare is a proud sponsor of the A7FL and the A7FL's three-on-one podcast. We want you to get in on the good stuff now. So go to the link right below in the description or wherever you're watching this or go to a7fl.tv slash podcast, click the Skillshare link and you get a free 30-day trial because you are a fan of the A7FL. So do the thing. Head on over right now to a7fl.tv slash podcast or click right in the description below if you're watching us on YouTube or if you're listening to the podcast right now. Do the thing. Click the link in the info below and sign up now. Do 30 days free because of us here at the A7FL. Well, because because we love you. We want you to have cool stuff. And now back to this piece of A7FL content, more than likely showing my face. Everybody is super interested in the next guy and who's going to do what and I was listening to the uh, three on one podcast. They had Quantrill Huff on and he was talking about the early days of the U where, you know, they finish a game and they like playing the early game because they get to go upstairs and start mm -hmm. betting on it and start betting on the games. It's <laughs> yeah. just hanging out all day and doing yeah. it. That's what I told you. It, it turned into a, it turned into a Sunday. I'm playing the one o'clock game or let's just say it was a 10 o'clock game. I'm there. And sometimes we roll together and we just knew I, my guy who drove is not leaving till eight. Guess what? We're here. It, it ended up turning into where they started bringing out um, a grill and a DJ because they understood this is now an event. Guys are going to be here all day. And that, like you said, the, you ask some of these guys, they know what's going on in Florida. And again, that's what the beauty of having these podcasts is now a guy in Jersey can listen to this podcast right now and know what's going on in Florida or listen to our podcast, understand what's going on in Florida or know what's going on in Nevada or, you know, out West. And, you know, who knows if, you know, Ohio or, or you know, somewhere else uh, comes up with their own. You have those uh, opportunities to guys want to, you know, spread the word and you want to have these platforms for these guys. And I think Joey was talking about it earlier. That was my original idea for this, uh, for our podcast, The Parlay, 
um, was giving that platform and giving that um, stage for our players to, you know, express themselves or even talk about this game that we love. Because like you just said, and you put it so eloquently, the biggest fans of the A7FL are A7FL players. And props to you for starting a podcast for the right reason. I did it because I'm petty. I, <laughs> I was I was so mad that, that, that right exactly we all did it out this way because we're petty we're like we're we're tired of at the time it was Rob Fabian just shitting on Vegas and Nevada in general and not giving us any love or any flowers based because he knew nothing about what it was we were doing so and we didn't have a podcast that was a national podcast coming out of the the spring season i didn't know about your guys's podcast so the one thing i said when we were done with our season the force lost to bic in um, embarrassing fashion as we all know it's like what do we do to to make it better next year i'm like we need a podcast we need a a, an, a weekly show that highlights a7fl regardless of, of where the information's coming and the league jumped to it started the three-on-one podcast the very next week you already had yours going and i had no clue and yeah. and but I digress to, to, to bring it all back. The, the, the point yeah. was you, you built something fantastic for all the right reasons. And we did it strictly to make sure that Vegas got the attention that it needed to, to play on a national level and get the attention on a national level, because we are, we, at that time, we were the West LA had, you know, built this two team division. We, in our first year built the three team division so we're like we're the west we need to make sure that they're talking about us in la and then it turned into we just make sure they're talking about us because i didn't care about la and then i bought into la and now i care about la the much as, as much as i care about vegas so uh, gotcha. to be to, to be real uh strictly because i'm petty so <laughs> <laughs> which which sometimes petty is good i'll tell people right. that all the time sometimes petty is good petty is right. you need yin and yang there's a reason why there's a yang and yin i don't know which one's a good which one's bad but there's a reason why the other one exists it's you know for balance in life so you, sometimes you need petty sometimes petty gets you to the right word right you know the place you need to be sometimes being petty you know helps you find that girl that you needed or sometimes being right. petty gets you in front of the person you needed to get in front of that helps you get the job that you got so i so, mean speaking of speaking of petty <laughs> let, let's let's talk about the playoffs wait can i can i put you on the spot real quick derek oh always all right so you know you you guys kind of talked about it touched on it about getting the pay, the players paid 40 to 80k a year whatever it may be that's Ooh. obviously a very nice chunk of change right there it's a big number it is Coach. And it's way, way more than the USFL and IFL are paying their guys, just so we're clear. Exactly. And what is the A7FL known for? Guys love to play for the love of the game. So you're not seeing the best athletes all throughout the league. I guess my question to you and for, I guess you guys are obviously going to be the first one to do it in the future of the A7FL. You start paying guys 40 to 80K a year. You're going to be bringing in a whole new plethora of athletes that – in my opinion, it's going to take the love out of the game and people are going to be playing for that paycheck. So I guess what a, it's going to be money. It's in the, in the long scheme of things, it's going to be a money-driven league. How do you prevent that and keep the love of the game in there for the guys? You know, what, what, what's, what's your outlook on the, on the future of the A7FL? That is a great question. I'm so glad you brought it up exactly the way you did. 
because I, I've been thinking about the very same thing. So, uh, so, con so consider this, we're talking uh, in Vegas, we literally have 60% of the quality guys who would play any brand of football playing in a seven FL already. So I don't expect there be to be much of a change in Vegas as far as the quality of, of, of player, but their quality of play will improve because they will be able to focus on football and not have to work a regular nine to five or in Vegas worse, a regular 8 PM to 4 AM, get off, go home, try to take a four hour nap, wake up and get ready for football. Like that's completely messing up their sleep schedule, but they love the game so much. They have to, we, we, our intent is to get guys in a position where they make enough money, where they don't have to work a second job and they can focus on football. That that's our goal. But obviously what will end up happening is there'll be guys who are looking to get to the higher level that will take a roster spot from guys that were doing it for the love of the game. And that's the concern. So what we're building league wide and what you guys see in Florida right now, but more so in Vegas and in New Jersey, because we have more teams in a division that the structure ultimately should and could be that what we're looking at now is the triple a version of the a seven FL. All of these teams that are currently existing are pro, but one tier below what will be the all pro travel teams from, from the division. So what we did on our last podcast, if you guys heard it, or the podcast before last was we created our fall stars team. And that was supposed to be a team constructed strictly of guys who played in our fall to make up a 20 man roster with starters on both sides of the ball, re return coverage and a returner for 20 guys that should and could be what our professional 40 to $80,000 a year guys are. And then the AAA, what we are now, our club ball, what we're playing with, will be guys making in the neighborhood of $100 a $200 a game, similar to semi-pro, sim uh, sorry, similar to the IFL, right? So two tiers within the A7FL as well. That's amazing. <laughs> Honestly, there's, there's no other way to put it. I, and I think I know... It, it'll put a lot of guys at ease because how, you know, bright eyed you guys are wide eyed you guys are and how ambitious you guys are of what you guys are looking to do. It's going to put a lot of players um, minds at ease so that they continue to play for the love of the game. And they're not playing for that paycheck right now. Cause that's a lot of questions that we get. That's a, that's a big question we get. Um, I know for a lot of, even some of the retire, I feel like some of the returners sometimes, like I said, guys get hooked to this, but they, 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 they keep asking that question. You know, yes, I play for the love of the game, but what is also incentivizing me to stay here besides the love of the game? Because as you know, I don't know the number. I'll just throw out a wild number. Let's just say 70% of our league um, in June, we can't play on Sunday because we all have father's day there. You know, it's called a spade a spade. You know, right. a lot of these are fathers. They're guys that have to then provide for their families. They have so if we have this thing that we're doing for our passion, but a lot of it takes sacrifice. It's hard to get a guy to practice because he has work. Like you said, you know, I know it's, I know the Vegas schedule because my brother, like I said, my brother lives out there in Vegas. You know, a lot of these guys that say you work, you know, a late casino job or whatever. No, I know casino jobs a little bit. You know what I'm trying to say though. Yeah, Those for sure. Where you're working night to night to the morning. You right. work in that overnight shift because the city doesn't sleep. Um, 
And then you got to turn around and play a game on the weekends, but yet you're still trying to take care of your family. You got a lady at home who's working as well. And then you got a baby, you know, it's just a lot that comes with it. So I think, like you said, that what, like Joey said, that'll put a lot of guys' minds at ease knowing that this, that I'm doing for my love is also then bringing home something to my family so I can show something for this thing that I'm doing that I also love. And it becomes the perfect, you know, storm for these guys that really love this game and really love this brand of football. And I think it's something that, you know, selfishly, and I'll say, you know, pettily, um, us older guys holding on and just hoping that we can get to that point because then we can go and see it from the infancy. That's something that I'm striving for personally is hopefully, you know, being able to see it from its infancy and extend my career long enough to see it um, reach that promise line. But just hearing the infrastructure of the idea come together from someone who can make it happen is like, that's why I had nothing to say once you were done talking. Um, <laughs> well, let me. Like, uh, that's it. <laughs> that's it. That's well, what we've been, you know, like I said, in those car rides thinking of. And like, I can see it in a way where if I can extend my career, you know, if I, you know, keep at it in the gym and keep playing smart like I've been playing, um, I can hopefully make it there. Well, yeah, and absolutely. And don't forget for every player that's getting paid there will also be coaches that get paid and the guys who have been playing this game for a long time and have had the dedication and have been running teams are ultimately likely going to be the first person that's talked to about a paid coaching position and that paid coaching position should be equal to the players that uh, to what the players are getting paid on average at our level of football so there's lots of avenues and it's not just head coaches there'll be position coaches and special teams coaches and you know field trainers and things once we build this thing out and it's a full league like we have like you need to have and all the positions that you need to fill there's a lot of jobs that are created and those jobs will traditionally go to people who are just turning out of the league because it makes yeah. the most sense to, to keep it in the family keep it in the family and keep it in something you can understand or give it to someone who understands i got <laughs> i was just talking about this joey knows i was just talking about it and i guess maybe he he might have i might have opened his eyes a little bit um about just like the way of just calling a game in a7 like i was making a joke uh, yesterday uh, when we were on the other show, uh, Joey, about like, you know, you don't know the nuance. Like some guys don't understand the nuance. And again, I'm giving out free game on a whole nother platform. Um, but they don't know some of the nuances when it comes to calling an A7 game. It's not the same. The play styling, the, the play style, the, like even the way you design a play. Joey will hit me up and be like, yo, this play right here is so cool. And I got to look at it and I watch the play and I dissect it. And I'm like, yes, this works great on 11 on 11. But in the context of seven on seven, this play can't work. Right. Am I right? Am I lying, Joey? Well, I mean, I typically just send you something I see on Instagram as an idea. And then Woody shoots it down. <laughs> and, and I'm like, and I'm like, but wait, it works so well. Right. But it's like, it's different. And it's like, even in the flow of it, not even in, in a flow of a game in a seven, how do you then pull out that play? Or how do I make that happen when, you know, it's just it's just a different side. We don't have the entire sideline. We have from second hash to sideline. Right. We don't have the spacing for this play to work. We don't have with the you know with the amount of um, time that you get for a quarterback, you don't have that time. You don't have five linemen and a tight end in front of you. You know, it's just it's different. And there's times in a in a game where you just have to call a different type of play. Like you want to go for that kill shot, but you can't call that in that moment. You could probably do that in, in arena. You could probably do that in semi-pro. You could probably do that in any other level of football, but in the A7FL, 
going for a double move fresh off a turnover, that isn't a smart idea. <laughs> That's the recipe for another turnover back the other way. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you nailed it. <laughs> and then half like, of the like you're saying, half the zone read concepts don't work because you don't have the spacing and and attraction of, of riding your guy and getting the end to crash because the end's coming straight up field if you got a mobile quarterback. There's, there's so many different things that you can't do in A7 that you would want to do in 11 on 11. There's tons of concepts. It, I feel like, um, what's the one? Is it called the Texas? The one where it's a hook with a corner over the top? Oh, yeah, that's, the, uh, that's smash. The smash, smash. I always get Texas and smash mixed up. Smash, that's a cover three smash beater. Catcher, the smash concept does not work in the A7FL. It just doesn't. Like, it, it looks great. You think you can hit that corner route, or if that corner bails enough, you can hit that hook. It, it's not. It just does not work in the A7FL. But it's those are just some kind of, some of those concepts that guys will try to implement and just understand it just won't work. And I think that, like you said, those coaching positions, as much as I hate the word coach, um, that's an insider <laughs> for that's an insider for the ghost. That's a definitely insider for the ghost. Um, uh, those con- I think those jobs should definitely go to those guys. Um, like speaking, you said, put your equity in it. Speaking of uh, play concepts, Derek, are we are we going to be seeing the uh, the wishbone uh, ran in the spring? Uh, are you kidding me? Did you did you see it run in the fall? Two two different teams were running wishbone this fall. <laughs> I'm like, what? So we had both the Insomniacs and the Hunters that pulled out a wishbone offense. Uh, It ended up being more of a triple option for the Insomniacs, but they called it a wishbone. The Hunters legitimately ran a four backfield offense on at least 30% of their plays. And to me, it looked strange. I don't want to say it looked bad. It looked strange. But they had a quarterback that was so freakishly fast and balanced and talented that I don't care what the coach called, good or bad, he was going to turn it into something good. And no matter what formation there was in, the fact that he had space, he was getting yards. Period. Yeah. So that's the that's K Uno, right? That is K Uno, and that dude is an absolute stud. I. He has a lot to learn on the football field in general about when to take his chances and, and hit his spots. But if he learns that, watch out. He he is top five rookie of the year nomination for me going into this fall. I'm going to the spring, excuse me. Gotcha. No, real quick, I want to um double back a little bit, not to debug your show a little bit. Um, but I just want to highlight this because, like I said, I like to give uh, people their flowers. That question Joey asked you earlier about the um, – about the players and the money um, to go back to our inception to kind of bring it to back to our podcast of uh, the parlay. Um, when I brought Joey on, Joey knew nothing of podcasting. He did not have like, I don't know. You might listen to podcasts. Don't get me wrong, Joe. I'm not trying to shit on you, but um, as far <laughs> as doing me. it though, I, I mean, as far <laughs> as doing it, as far as doing it, I had Joey on, I think maybe twice on my show and the beauty of the parlay is it's really like a conversation. And especially with having Joey on, we would have episodes just on the phone. Like the, I would get on the phone with Joey for like an hour and 15 minutes. And I know sometimes I got on that man's damn nerves, but we would get and just talk football for hours and hours, you know, just on these conversations. And I always heard it in Joey, like Joey could do this. So when Joey came to me and that was the great thing about it, Joey came to me about it. Like, yo, like, what do you think about having me on as a co-host, like as a permanent co-host? 
And what did I say, Joey? Hell yeah, we already do this. Yeah. Because I would never offer it to Joey because if you don't want to do it, don't do it. You know what I'm saying? If right. it's not in you, if it's like something that's going to feel like a dredge, like a job, then obviously I always say don't do podcast. For me and Joey, like we don't, the only thing that becomes the work for us is finding a guest. It's not about, and then again, for me, I got three kids, you know, so <laughs> making it fit the schedule, but actually wanting to sit and record, uh, me and Joey have been through the, the doldrums sometimes trying to record an episode. They've taken us a day, a day and a half just to record one episode logistically or even working out the technology of it um, because I have um, experience in, in podcasting. I just don't have the full equipment like I want to because I'm a bit of an audio snob. Yo, I got, but, I got a, I got a great idea for you, and it, well, you just hit that audio snob button, so it's probably gonna say, Derek, your idea is shit. You should start recording your phone calls, because I bet you the content you had on those phone calls, you wish you had on your podcast sometimes. Because I know when me, Matt, Rob, and Corey get going on some of our tech calls, and we just start talking about stuff. Yeah, about five minutes into the conversation, someone will go, "Why are we not recording?" Yeah, <laughs> like well, this is the best the, conversation ever. The funny thing about it is. It, the thing about the show is the show has actually stopped those calls because now we just have those conversations on air. So those calls are now being recorded on the show. Or what happens is we'll get on a leave, you know, break the fourth raw. We'll get a little pre-production call and we'll go, like, we'll just get warmed up and then we just hit record. And it's just like, we just make it fit into the, as loose as it it's comes across, maybe when you listen to it, it's a little bit more structured as far as where we do it but we we let it be free flowing and that's what our conversations are and i feel like now what it is is we are recording those phone calls for the for the most part and the to the point i wanted to get to when i got a little derailed there sorry is the growth that i hear in joey because again i'm not coach like i hate the word coach but i'm not coaching him I'm not telling him, hey, yo, Joey, when we do this, you got to da-da-da-da-da. Joey's getting it on his own. Like, Joey's growing on his own. I don't know what that was. <laughs> but um, Joey's growing on his own. And that was my Alexa own, again. Stupid. I gotcha. Joey's growing on his own as a podcaster. So, like, him asking that question, I, like, I literally hurt, like, when you said it, now the the rhythm and the like camaraderie that I'm getting with Joey or the chemistry, I already heard the gears turning in Joey's brain about what was the turnaround for that, you know? Because I, I I'm we're we're getting to that wavelength. So him asking you that question and then you having that rebuttal is what I feel like top tier podcasting and not, not a rebuttal, but the answer that you gave within the context of the culture there in um in Vegas is was just like that's podcasting that's it right there a guy hearing a question and being able to freestyle a retort um with joey having that retort question back for you it was just great to hear and that's a big uh a big shout out to joey and his growth as a podcaster so i just wanted to give my co-host those flowers real quick absolutely (laughs) and he deserves those flowers coach but so so to pile on a little bit to talk more about the evolution of where we collectively are headed. Uh, so you guys heard the view of the club ball versus the pro and the levels of pay and how we keep the love in. But what you didn't hear is the the part that's going to feed that. So we fully intend to to have feeder teams that even feed to the club ball level. So 
we're developing a concept in Vegas called uh, trade school football ha. so that so that when guys get out of high school that don't get looks for college that still want to play football and get training behind it, whether it's workforce training or college training, we're teaming up with the unions in Vegas and some of the non-union folks in Vegas and uh, doing training courses that will allow people to play football and get paid through us. So basically the concept is if we got eight, just, I'm just going to kind of spitball with you real quick. If we had eight unions and eight and recruited 30 high schoolers out of, of eight different high schools to come play in Vegas and be paid by the trades to work in the trade during the day, football at night while they're yeah. training. And then once they get out of that, they're eligible to go play at the club level or the pro level, depending on how good they were all the while having a great job. And after four years in, in the unions here in Vegas, you turned out as a journeyman for most of the unions. And now you're making 70 to $130,000 a year in your trade. And you can decide whether you want to play football or not, or stay yeah. in your trade. On top of whatever it is that you saved and invested on top of that, that puts you in a great way financially. If you're talking about coming straight out of high school, you're looking at by 22, 23 years old, as opposed to coming out of college with nothing to show for it, but whatever you saved in your stipends, you're leaving, like you said, with years invested in a union and hopefully some money saved in your pocket. Like that's... <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah. So, so we're actually doing the money saved in your pocket thing for these guys. So the structure is yeah. going to be the, the union pays us. These guys do the work. We set the money aside, pay for their room and board, and oh, a transportation. Yeah. And then if they turn out with us and graduate our program, when they graduate, we pay for a car, we pay for a car and give them a down payment on their house. And then, and then send them and send them on their way. Cause now we've had all this money that we've been earning interest on all this time. Yep. generating a lot of things for the league and for the players and building uh, a player platform and insurances and everything to help everybody out along the way. I was born a little too early, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was too, obviously, because I'm yeah, having to implement yeah. this stuff that I didn't have available to me. I, I, no, I got to go ahead, Joey. I, I got to say, man, you, you guys are doing it the absolute right way and pr pretty much ideally perfect. If I could say it any better, um, kind of what you were about to lead into Derek about the playoffs. Um, my question to you is with you guys getting so much exposure with the guys being on TV, do you think that's going to make the other divisions a little bit jealous, envious, and kind of put a target on your back for whatever team does make it out of the West coast to that championship game? Absolutely. But, but if you, if, if you know, Vegas, all we want is all the smoke. The, there's a a bit of a different way we kind of do things out here it's like and it it feeds into who i am as a person but we talk we talk about it to sh to show you that we're going to be about it i don't necessarily like the smack talk personally that's not that's not my thing if you're going to do smack talk i want it to be very intelligent disguised uh, in, uh, disguised conversation that turns into smack talk but when someone hits me up and talk smack to me, I can guarantee you I'm going to feed it back to you. But th the point is, in my life, I make commitments for things, whether I think I can get them done or not. And we literally fake it till we make it. And we always make it. 
was having a, a conversation at lunch today. Like every single time I say, I'm going to do this, although I fear the unknown and I stress out about not hitting the deadlines, never, ever have I not come through and followed through with what I say I'm going to do. And it's because I say things like this in the public because I know if I say it publicly, everyone around me is going to hold my feet to the fire and make sure I get it done. So when we put stuff like us on TV and put targets on our back and we say that, I, you know, I made the claim going into the season that Vegas was going to be in the final four. Now, I didn't know that the structure was going to be what it was that was based on what the structure was last season, right? You would have to go run the gauntlet back east, win two or three games back east, and then end up with a final four spot. And I made the commitment and set it on air. Vegas will be in the final four this coming season. Now, it's still not guaranteed, but I got a 50-50 shot now because either LA or Vegas will come out of the uh, kind of out of our area to play Ohio in the final four. So I, I guess I, I get, and I own LA and Vegas now. So I, I will have a team in the final four. <laughs> <laughs> so, I spoke into it. I spoke it into existence without, without knowing how it was going to come together. But the point is, with the target on, right. But the point is with the targets on our backs, these guys know that they have to do everything behind the scenes to get themselves together to perform at a high enough level to be ready yeah. to take that to take that heat when they get there and yeah I, and because we we make these statements and these guys make these statements i i love it when my guys go out and talk smack because when they talk smack i use that as bulletin board material behind the scenes for them as oh, their yeah, mentor sure. as their mentor you you yeah. said you were going here and going to smack this guy, but you didn't show up to practice on Tuesday. How are we going to go smack these guys when you didn't show up to practice? Yeah, yeah. I think they just dropped a clip on um a seven where somebody I think in was maybe on the kryptonite. I'm not sure. It says I run this league. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and they looped it and they yes. looped it and like we were talking about those mics on the sideline. That was one of the yes. first times I heard an a seven mic pick up <laughs> with someone sat on the field and my man. Who clearly said, "Hey, well, I run this league," and that so that I, was Curtis Pacman Jones, who is yeah. one of two Vegas two-time A seven NFL division champions. Gotcha. And you can only you can only do that if you played for the Force and then played for the Pit Bosses. So both he and Tone played for both teams, and they are the first, the only two two-time A seven Vegas division champions. But it's live. That yeah. clip is amazing. He said league. He didn't say division. He said league. So you know how that's going to be interpreted. We know <laughs> yeah. what he oh, meant. Yes. We know what he meant, but you know how that goes. Words, you know, words have power. So, I mean, uh, like Joey said, I think um, there is going to be a lot of envy for you guys. I know for, I can speak for the Florida division. Um, I know we, like I said before, we look at y'all with green eyes. Um, and to get ahead of this before that episode drops, um, <laughs> we definitely what we have what we feel we have the edge of when we even had that discussion on the podcast me and you were on um we had um we have the advantage on the field we feel like you guys have um everything around what's on the field we feel where we have the edge we're always going to feel we have the edge at is the athletes and now we have the extra year of experience with the veterans and the returners that we have because we have so many across the division 
um, former players from other divisions on different teams. Um, and that's what I think is the extra special sauce for the ghost is the fact that um, it's one of the rare times you hear me talk about myself. They have a me on the team. They have, we have a Jake who's also played. Um, we know Terrell, they have, you know, whoever has Terrell has Terrell. That's another guy who's won a championship in um, Pennsylvania, up in Pennsylvania on their team. We have guys like uh, Marcus that played up North as well. So we have guys from up North to have years of experience then added to this division. So I feel like where you guys have everything around on the field um, are ahead of us, where we're headed is on the field. Um, and I think that that's where, as I've been preaching for that state game, which I know jo Joey uh, mentioned earlier, I've been pushing every episode of our podcast at the end. I ask a guest, no matter if they're from your team, I think I asked the guys from the pit bosses that were on the pit bosses at the time. And I asked every single player from the state of Florida, what do you think about us potentially playing against Vegas? And that is something that we definitely, definitely want to do and getting um, a little bit inside of how the game is played from Corby Hammond, who actually played in that division. Um, I haven't had a chance to talk to Mark Cooper since he left, since before he left. Um, so I don't know on that aspect. So I can say he's not no uh, <laughs> Florida insider. Um, but we are confident and feel that if we have that matchup, that we'll prevail. So we will just go ahead and I'll get ahead of that because we definitely spoke on that on another show. Okay. Th that's beautiful. So, uh, so here's what I propose since, uh, and you know, I got a, I got a really good relationship with Nick. I got a good relationship yeah. with you guys. Now what, yeah. what we, what we really should do regardless of the outcome of the, the chip this year. And I, I hope, for this conversation it's just vegas versus florida so we don't have to do this and put, put money out of our pocket but what we should do is set up a neutral field midway between the two between the two states a place that's easy to fly in and out of a place where we have friends some place maybe like houston where they're developing an a7 city down there and we take the what you know like we did with our fall star team and put those guys together and you guys put together your your all-star team and we bring let's say 20 guys a piece to houston and put on a show i love it joey i did it <laughs> this is what i've been trying to do i did it joey <laughs> i did it this is what i've been asking for um that was an amazing idea and i will talk to every powers that be here in the state of florida to make that happen because i think well, look, that i mean what we need. let's Let's just put it in perspective. If you're flying from Florida to a to a spot in, let's say Texas yeah. or or some Texas is in between. I don't doesn't have to be yeah. Houston. Let's just say Texas. Yeah. It's one eighty round trip. I'm guessing. Mm -hmm. Probably if you get uh, two Airbnbs that hold ten people a piece, you're probably talking a hundred twenty dollars for two nights, and, and so three hundred dollars for a weekend per person. Mm -hmm. If everybody chips in, let's say another yeah, 50, 50 bucks for a field and refs, we're good. Field ref and transportation. We need transportation too. That's oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's a good point. So let, yeah. let, let's say if we had $500 a man, we're good there to go. There you go. Easy. 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 I, I, I can say the ghost almost pulled up to uh, that, that fall brawl tournament that you guys hosted. It was, oh, it was, I, it was a little. That. 
it was a little last minute. Uh, I was like, I started seeing a little bit more and I was like, you know what, let's, let's pull up to it. And we just tried to throw it together. We were, we were almost, you know, we almost did it. We, it was close and we wanted to. I, I so we, wish you would have. If Joey would have brought that idea, maybe two weeks prior, we, I believe the Orlando ghost would have fielded a team and played in that game. Yeah, I think Four. we had seven. I think we had seven committed to making the trip. We just didn't want to be playing Iron Man ball. Yeah, we had seven committed, and that was on what two days notice. Yeah, I think it was like four days before the trip <laughs> or something like that. We're just like, it was like three, four. It was super Like, are we really minute. letting this bag just sit on the counter, dog? Like for real? <laughs> Let's yeah, go. What, I think that's what it was. Because you know what, you wouldn't know what you guys did a good job at. I think it was. Um, it just kept popping up. And I think it just kept popping up. And I think part of the the advertising was like a spinning football on fire. Yes. I feel like I remember that. And that's what's that's and, and that's crazy because that's what marketing does. It gives you something to make you think about it. And I just remember I kept seeing it, kept seeing it, kept seeing it. And I just saw, I think it was 10K or whatever it yep. was. I just remember it kept seeing that number. And I said, you know what? And that's when, when Joey said it, I was like, yo, that's really sitting right there. Yeah. And with and- how we feel about what we could do against that division, respectfully, of course, but we're all athletes and competitors here. What we feel like we can do against that division, we were like, yo, why don't we just fill the team and make this happen? Like, why are we doing this? So, and I think Uh, what we were trying to do in those four days was keep it just strictly ghost players. Now, if we were able to reach out to other teams and, and feel like a Florida team, I think that that would have been like a hell of a show. Yeah, I agree. Go ahead, Joey. And I just going off what Woody said about the advertising. The first time I saw it, I was like, oh, that's cool. They're doing a tournament out there, 10K. It's probably going to be just a bunch of uh, Vegas teams. And I started seeing it more and more. And then I think it was like five or six days before the tournament, I started doing the math. And I was like, all right, we get these guys to go. Uh, we win the tournament. This is what the, the travel costs. We're walking away with some money. We literally are getting paid to go play football. Let's make this happen. And it just yeah. kind of happened too late. So that the yeah. brand of ad- advertising definitely – is was what caught my eye seeing it repetitively it almost got us to go all right yeah. so so i'm changing the, pers- the the proposition then here's what we're gonna do <laughs> let's say the houston location whatever it is we need to figure out what spot central is, is great for us and we we do it like towards the end of summer so everybody's had t- time to relax it won't mess with people's fall seasons but mm-hmm. l- we should do another ten thousand dollar tournament centrally mm-hmm. located leading up to what will be the Florida versus Vegas game. We'll so like there. we did, like we did our fall brawl, uh, the battle of bullhead leading up to our fall ball championship. It'll be the tournament leading up to Vegas versus Florida. Listen, I'm not saying this to escape any travel, but this is the beauty and the uniqueness of Florida. You do that here in the state of Florida because everything that you're saying that you need, we have here. Yeah, but nobody, like nobody, nobody wants to spend time in Florida at the end of summer. Like, fuck that. I'm sorry. I don't need 92 degrees and 92 percent humidity. I'm out. <laughs> this is what this is what I'm trying to tell you. If we get one of those nice indoor facilities, that's okay. what I'm trying to tell you. Everything else that you're speaking about, we literally have here. And we have at a premium because it's literally part of, and I said literally, I'm sorry, but that's 
ingrained into the fabric of Central Florida because of Disney, because of Universal, because of SeaWorld. Airbnbs, even being able to find a car service to take guys, even being able to um, get, like you said, these flights with MCO being the category X airport that it is. This is something that we can, every airline flies to there. Even if not, if you want to fly into Sanford, if you want to take a cheaper airline to fly into Sanford, I think Allegiant almost uh, exclusively flies out of um, out of Sanford. That's so, what forty five minutes out. Like so, let, let 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 me just go ahead and pile on. So the reason I said centrally located is because if you think Orlando has all of that, can I introduce you to Las Vegas? And I know and nobody and nobody fucking showed up. So we can't we can't do it. In you. in a an area that it's not for easy for everybody to get to, and ex you. and expect everybody to show up. What, but maybe you. but maybe if we extend it out and I say okay I'm gonna do this in Vegas or I'm gonna do it in Bullhead like we talked about or, or in Vegas and in, at an indoor thing here we can we can still pull that off. I can still get the Las Vegas Convention Center and we can be indoors at the Las Vegas Convention Center. That's still available to me, so we can pull that off. Yeah, but, either one. Or I just say, let's go back to Bullhead. Bullhead looked great. I think that that'll be great. I think if we I, can pull that off of Bullhead or like you said, uh, Texas, anything indoor in Texas, let's make it happen. I think the indoor is going to be what... Well, we should play as we should go to Texas and play at the Star. That's what I'm talking about. The, the Dallas Cowboys practice facility at the Star. Let's do it. We've already got somebody at our disposal that's taken a team there before. Why not? That's right, and she's got the contact still, so we can right. we can get that rocking. Well, she so played. She actually look, played. Look, look. She actually played at AT and T. We don't play the star. <laughs> look! Look how we worked that out. Look how we worked that out. I think that's right. that something that we can absolutely make happen. I will do, Joey. You know, I will do everything in my power to make that happen. All right. So, what are we talking Labor Day weekend? Are we talking uh, uh, sometime in in August or or or, or what are we talking? What makes sense for you August. guys? I would say August. August will be the perfect time. I think that's the lull in the off season, especially with us not having a fall here in Florida. So unless that changes, I think August will be the perfect time for that to happen. I, I would uh, say when's Labor Day? Uh, it's usually the first weekend. Usually first weekend in September. Mm. I mean, if you if we do like a like a holiday weekend, it gives the guys an extra day to kind of you know explore. Uh, Houston or wherever we are going to play. So that could also draw the family aspect of it. Guys not having to go into work on that Monday or whatever day it is. Um, so get more of a, a family feeling, letting the guys kind of get out and talk with everybody there. All right. I figured it out. Let's do it in New Orleans. <laughs> that way we got a party city too. Like the and it's flights in and out of there are cheap as hell. Like everybody can get a direct flight to New Orleans. Easy, easy, easy. It's centrally located. It's on the Gulf. They got tons of stadiums in the area. I'm sure we can find somebody to help us out. If you can find a venue, I will say New Orleans. If not, I will say Texas. I think yeah. New Orleans might be number one, Texas number two. We can make this happen. But I think Joey hit the nail on the head around I think around that time would be the perfect time. Okay. All right. I'll start. I'll start doing the work. Joey, I, did I did it, Joey. I did it. <laughs> Mama, I did it. Mama, I did it. Mama All right. So, be it. so before we wrap this whole thing, I want to get you. I, 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 I was talking about the petty part and going to the playoffs. So, so my petty for for this playoff structure, and I don't know if you guys have seen it. You've got uh, thirteen teams out of the East developing a someone to send to the to the final four 
12 teams out of the West working to send a team to the Final Four. And then four teams from Florida and three teams from Ohio send the teams for the Final Four. Getting my petty on? Y'all need to work harder to get into the fucking championship. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Like, what what is that? Yep. Yep. But blessings to you. Blessings to you no, guys, though. That, uh, we knew once we once we heard that, we knew that the road to that was going to be, um, like they said. I think when they dropped the schedule, even even Rob, uh, Big Rob said it. Um, we're going to be beating up on each other during our our regular season, then have to run through a gauntlet, you know, just to make it up out of there. Like it's it's going to be something because we have to see the Nightcrawlers twice. You know what I'm saying? Three times. Possibly three times. Possibly three times. Just but you also, but you also have a bye week every third week. That's fine. Well, no, you guys. If, if you end up with four teams, then you won't, right? You'll, yeah, you'll, yeah. You, so, so, so yeah, that's fine. But, but think about it. So you guys are playing. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you're running the gauntlet in Florida, but you're going to have two weeks off in season. Mm-hmm. The guys in Vegas zero bye weeks and the way the playoff is currently structured they have to play one additional game on top of not having any bye weeks and Mm -hmm. that game happens the week before the final four yeah so getting my petty on Mm -hmm. (laughs) i feel Mm -hmm. like that that there's a target on the west right now to make sure that we have the hardest road to get there because we're doing too much i guess that's where i'm at also that's the point you make okay i got what you're saying now now i get your point um i think y'all just have the hardest road i think y'all just dealt that hand but because y'all have your infrastructure i don't think it was a personal thing i just think that you guys built yourselves to be a big enough fish that now you guys have to go through the shits you know because you guys made yourselves um so whereas again to break this point, we made ourselves um, more viable because I guess maybe the way the Nightcrawlers did it, um, beating the Baltimore team, as opposed to you guys, uh, the Force, when they beat, I think they beat the Snow Tribe. Um, the the team they beat and the way they um, and the way they beat the DC Buzz that came down, um, I just think that in that way it got us more respect on the field oh for so sure what you, so what you guys got respect for is everything off the field again to go back to that point so i think that that's why you guys built yourselves up enough off the you know off the field to okay you guys got the infrastructure to do this all right cool yeah i got this many teams all right yeah yeah i got the shits to get to this yeah <laughs> as opposed to us where we just are who we are with our smaller division and you know but we have a great product on the field so I think that's why it might be a little bit easier for yours. So I don't think it's as petty, but yeah, it's some shit. <laughs> I'm not going to say that. It's some shit for you guys. Well, look, it, it's it's one season. I, I had a very lengthy conversation with the brass and said, hey, guys, I don't typically love the structure, but I understand for the season, for how we're structured, it's the best way. It makes the most sense for everyone involved. It, it may not be the most fair, but it puts the best product together for us to have to give Ohio the exposure they need, to give Florida the exposure they need to build their divisions the right way. I, yeah. I as a partner with the league, I, I can respect that. So I say, so I say yes to this, even though it's completely unfair to the to what I own. So 
that's that's how it's been structured and I, I'm just here to say that I am completely okay with it strictly be, specifically because not strictly because but specifically because we're playing a final four in Ohio. There will be an Ohio team there. All of the attention that Ohio, the state of Ohio, the football state of Ohio is going to be able to put on our game yeah. should be tremendous. And if our, if our broadcast partner plays it right, it should be the biggest thing that happens in the entire state of Ohio that weekend and should give us all the stroke we need so that our, what I'm affectionately calling the seven bowl in Las Vegas goes down that we get the same treatment and Vegas blows up and it will be the biggest event in Vegas that weekend. That's that is, that is my dream and hope. That's going to be the boom. That's going to be the boom when it goes through that. For sure. And by the way, I, I already own the domain seven bowl.com in case you're wondering. Oh, you should. Hey, you should. <laughs> if, you, if you didn't, if you didn't, I was going to send you a text later. Right. <laughs> Once you said the seven, I was like, "Ooh!" Right. I, I got seven bowl, a seven bowl. I got, I got, I got it all. So I, I, I'm yeah. going to share it with the league, but I, I'm making sure we have ownership of that shit before someone else takes nah, off and runs with nah, it. That's why. Now nah, that's why for sure. Um, but yeah, no. Again, thank you so much, Derek, for having us on. Um, is it okay if we plug our podcast right now? Oh, please do as much as you can. Wow. Tell everybody where they can hear it and when it normally drops. All right, Joey, can I do the spiel? Do the spiel, my guy. Okay. Um, so thank you uh, again, Derek, for letting us uh, come on here. Uh, anybody that's listening to us, you like Joey, you like Joey's um, his take, his insights, you like my ramblings and my deep inside of knowing about this league, um, please listen to the pod, uh, the Parlay podcast. It's available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify as well. Please listen and most importantly, subscribe. Uh, leave a review if you, you know, feel so inclined, please leave a five-star review. If you leave us four stars, like my man Bomani Jones says, we are inclined to believe that you are a hater. So please just leave us five stars. Don't be a hater. Uh, Listen to the podcast wherever you find your podcasts and enjoy. Thank you. That's my little spiel. And then as as Bomani also says, don't at me. (laughs) Don't at me. Yeah, don't at me. I I love Bomani. That guy is great. He's the second best. He's the second best. Who Who you got number one? Uh, oh God! He was the uh, players' rep league, uh, the the players, NFL players' association rep and cornerback out of Maryland. I can't remember his name right now. God damn about, it! Talking about not Dominique. Yeah, Dominique. Dominique. Dominique Foxworth. That that's my dude. I, for me, do? he's the he is the best on air talent that is available in sports casting right now. The, the guy's cerebral, every take. Can be on. He can argue both sides. Everything that comes down, just a great guy, smartest dude. I nerded out for knowing that. But not only is Dominique one of the greats and somebody I listened to, he was a Baltimore Ravens for a few years, and I'm a huge Ravens fan. So that's what's up. So before before I let you guys bounce, I I need to say one thing real quick. So I, you guys, we talked about Florida having the on the field stuff and (laughs) we, we know that four threes grow on trees in Florida and that's, that's fine. But, uh, but understand Vegas, our D line play is fire and lit this last fall. And I cannot wait to see how that all translates when we start playing against other divisions. Cause what we built out here this last season is, is just beautiful. So I I gotta give my guys their props. We got a lot of, we got a lot of speed and talent guys too. They just haven't figured out how to put it all together in a high scoring format where it's offense. We did more scoring on defense this fall. I got you. But talk talk uh, your shit, Derek. 
No, no, oh, yeah, so I'm, no, I'm not. I was, look, I was talking by. Get him back. Get me back. Look, so I, I'm not here to talk shit and say one's gonna be better than the other because I have yeah. I, I I support all A7 and until yeah. I see you guys play and w- once you guys get yourself on TV and I can see what you guys actually look like on TV, then I can comment on it. But until then, <laughs> until then, we're gonna assume that what you're saying is fact, and I'll just sit back and go, okay, we'll see when the game is played. That was potent. <laughs> that was potent. Yeah. I'm, I'm here for that. That All was right. potent and well-deserved. That was potent <laughs> and well-deserved. Because I, I shitted on you guys slyly like five times. So you definitely, right. I definitely heard that one. But no, uh, thank you. Thank you so much, Derek. Really appreciate it, man. And no problem at all. So I know Casey's listening in the background. I'm going to go ahead and, and wrap us up. So guys, uh, Woody, I don't know if your podcast promo was your parting shot or not, but I want to give you guys both an opportunity to give your parting shots, and then we'll wrap. That was my party shot. Go ahead, Joey. Nothing, man. I just uh, wanted to thank both you and uh, Casey for allowing us to come on the uh, the podcast here. You know, give our take on what we see from Florida and, you know, what to expect from Florida. And just keep on doing what you guys are doing over there. You know, you guys are kind of that, that, uh, that bat symbol of what everybody's looking at right now. Pretty much what everybody desires to be. Um, hopefully in the short future, you know, hopefully we'll get that film over here in Florida. So you can see us on TV, but like I said, man, just, just really appreciate it. Hopefully we can do this, you know, maybe mid season or after the season and give our, you know, our outtakes on what transpired with the season. Right on. Well, I want to thank you guys, Joey Bate, Woody Ness for coming on the show for us. The podcast is the parlay. Uh, you guys are fantastic. I love chopping it up with you. If you were want to call and talk about a seven or anything sports related, Uh, after the show off the show i'm here for that uh i really want to thank you guys for coming on and have a fantastic season Uh, props to florida pops to my man props to my man nicolaimo down there doing his thing uh i need to say to everyone who's going to listen to our show the things that you think are nick's fault aren't nick's fault he only has so much control (laughs) of what he can do and so many resources that are given to him i promise you anything he can do for you guys that it is within his purview he's doing he's that good the guy just took really good care of me when I was there and and I love him for it. So with that, I am Derek Duncan. He is Casey Cox. They are the parlay. Thank you, everyone. Thanks for listening in. Hey there, it's Matt Ryan. Are you enjoying this a seven FL podcast? Well, I'm glad you are because that means you can give us money. That's right, you can buy our merch right now at tinyurl.com slash a7flmerch. That's tinyurl.com slash a7flmerch. Up there right now, we have some Thick Boy Season merchandise. We've got some Hus Hus shirts. And also, we've got some Corey Hammond-related merchandise coming soon. A Corey Hammond, Corey Hammond's t-shirt, hoodie, and a whole lot more. You can get all of them right now, sent to you nice, comfy, and cozy tinyurl.com slash a7fl merch and also you can find it in the show notes now back to that podcast you like